Wisconsin's afternoon news is on the air. Broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in beautiful downtown Milwaukee. Here's Greg Matzik. Greg in for John the rest of the week. He is out on assignments. Fancy term for saying he's on vacation. Sandy Max handling <laughs> news. Bob Raynard in for Greg on sports, like what we did there. Tony Cartagena and Adam Roberts producing a program. It is so big we need two to produce it. Double team. <laughs> And it's been a very busy day here as we all return to work. I had to say Wednesday, July 5th, not knowing if it was truly Wednesday, July 5th, but it is, I assure you. You're good. For all you check writers out there. Handful of stories we are following today. It's the three at three. This is the three at three on Wisconsin's afternoon news. Big stuff happening locally and nationally today, Sandy. Where we where do we begin? Here in the state, Governor Tony Evers today signing the Wisconsin budget, but not without strong words against legislative Republicans, whom Evers says missed the mark on key areas in need of funding. They sent the budget back to my desk without making critical investments in key areas that they know and have acknowledged are essential to the success of our state. That decision is, to put it simply, an abdication of duty. So a handful of things. I mean, it's a long, long list if you want to look at what's all included in the budget. A couple things that stand out to me. Increased funding for public schools by over a billion dollars, $50 million for literacy and reading. Also included, and this came up during the Walker administration, but money for widening I-94 both east and west. It's a pretty big project, as you might imagine. Design, real estate acquisition, relocating utilities, all of that has to come into play. And this construction could begin in 2025. It's an eight-lane project that does require approval by the Federal Highway Administration. Republicans proposed tapping nearly half of the state's projected $7 billion budget surplus to cut income taxes across the board by $3.5 billion. Evers ended up reducing the size of that cut to $800 million. So... You'd take whatever side you'd like on it, but it's done. It's a two-year budget signed by Governor Evers today. And there's even funding going towards Wisconsin farmers. Yes. That's a good chunk right there. And what else do we have today? After another round of mass shootings across the country last weekend, President Biden renewing his call for gun control yesterday. Arming teachers is not the answer. Banning assault weapons, high-capacity magazines, extensive background checks, they're part of the answer. Yeah, the president's comments come about a year after a mass shooting in Highland Park, Illinois. Remember that 4th of July yeah. parade gone wrong? It killed seven people, wounded nearly 50 others. Well, there were several shootings across the country on the 4th of July. At least 10 people were killed in mass shootings in Baltimore, Philadelphia, Fort Worth, Texas. There were incidents in Wichita, Kansas, Lansing, Michigan. Chicago had a, a deadly holiday weekend. And uh, this is a continuation of of the president's you know pitch that assault Rifles should be banned and stricter gun laws should be enforced. At some point, something has to change, doesn't it? I don't think anyone expected to come out of this holiday weekend with that many shootings at all. I agree. It's it's the anecdote or the, the side story that becomes a headline. Yeah. Here, when you talk about a great 4th of July weekend, well, it was deadly in many parts of the yeah. world. And finally? Data from the U.S. National Centers for Environmental Protection... Prediction shows that the average global temperature has never been warmer on record than yesterday was. Yeah, it broke the record of Monday of this week, (laughs) as a matter of fact. So 62.9 degrees was the average global temperature. Now think about all corners of the world here and where it might be 30 degrees and where it might be 110 degrees. (laughs) Average it out and you get to 62.9 degrees. It was very hot yesterday in the Milwaukee area, finally cooling off. 
Uh, but I did go ahead and I did a little deeper dive on this. Uh, it states that May face more challenges with climate change. Not a huge surprise here, but Texas leads the nation in billion-dollar disasters. Experts think that could be on the increase. Florida, with all its shoreline surrounded by three sides of water, you can understand some of the issues that Florida faces year in and year out. California, I think some believe it's just going to break off and become part of the ocean <laughs> and become an be island at some point. Once another earthquake hits through there, sure, but with wildfires, and they yes. always have epic biblical types of weather and happening ex- there. An extreme drought. I, I do wonder if there will be a point in our life where everybody looks at Wisconsin, maybe from Wisconsin to Montana, and says, yep, that's where you want to be. Especially with Wisconsin, the Great Lakes. Especially the with the fresh water, yeah. Potentially. Who knows? That could be down the road, but uh, if you're in one of those states I mentioned, that, that could be a danger zone here. Even in Antarctica, 47.6 degrees. That's record warm. Even in Antarctica, where it is winter. So are the penguins happy with that? <laughs> are they digging it? I can't I imagine so. the water temp is any good. Santa can't be happy. No. Oh, wait, he's North Pole. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, wrong, <laughs> wrong, wrong pole. It's okay. Wrong pole. The penguins at the Milwaukee Zoo were happy last week. Darn right. Why wouldn't they be? <laughs> they still smell, but darn, they're cute. They are. 317 on WTMJ. Music fans, listen up. You like yourself a little yacht rock? You're going to love our next guest. It's right after this. So I guess this qualifies as Yacht Rock, doesn't it? Sure. Yeah. yeah Smooth I, sounds. So every time I think Yacht Rock, I think Brandy. You're a fine girl. What a good wife you, you would, would be. be. Right? <laughs> and uh, songs you want to sing along to. Exactly. But songs you probably don't want me to sing. But that's why we have somebody else. Kevin Sucker is joining us in the studio right now. He is all about Yacht Rock because he is sort of the head of the ship here, the Docksiders. They play in Vegas. He is uh, all in tune with Yacht Rock, but has a wonderful career as a writer, producer, uh, helping you know, piece together albums by Eric Benet. You've worked with some of the best and biggest music names in the industry, and he is sitting right in front of us wearing glasses that are much cooler than mine. Listen, Hello, it, is, it is. thank you for that wonderful introduction, and it's an honor to be sitting back here at home in Milwaukee with you guys. Thank you. How wonderful that you are having that you have enough time to come visit with us because you are this Milwaukee band does good. Where are you spending most of your time now as the Docksiders? We relocated to Las Vegas. That's in Nevada for those of you that are geographically challenged, like Thank my wife. You, if she she would be hitting me right now if oh. she if she if she heard me say that. I'm I'm sure she's listening, and I'll get it when I get home. But we we relocated last uh, August. We opened a show in Vegas uh, in September. And we are still there. We're still playing in Vegas. We do a lot of traveling. We travel. We're in the, in the middle of a 32-city tour right now. Well, Docksiders are playing Summerfest tomorrow night, 6.30? 5.30 at the BMO Pavilion. At the BMO Harris Pavilion. But you, this is what I love about Summerfest. That's where I first saw the Docksiders, maybe about five years ago. That's when we started, just hey, about five years ago. Yeah, you were probably at one of our first shows there. And yeah. that is just, Yacht Rock is the perfect music for a summer outdoor show how do you describe yacht rock yacht rock to me and i love where you went at the very beginning is is all night long yacht rock you should be part of our inner band debates that we have about what songs we should add and what songs that we shouldn't but yacht rock to me is soft rock hits of the 70s and 80s and we do find interesting ways to blur the lines brandy you're a fine girl is definitely classic yacht rock now on the other side of the spectrum all night long is also Yacht Rock. There's a bit of it that makes a lot of sense to the genre, but it's a really interesting genre that a lot of people debate. 
Kev, when you decided as a band, as a group, to take the plunge, no, no pun intended, uh-huh. to do the Yacht Rock, was there trepidation? Were you like, is this going to work? Might, might this bomb? And if we do, we got to start from scratch. It's an interesting uh, point as well. Like when, you know, I started listening to it uh, on, on the satellite radio. They had a channel that was playing Yacht Rock, and then it was kind of at the beginning. And there was another band uh, in the country located in the South that was doing kind of a tribute to it. And I thought, I thought, you know, I could do it a little differently than they were doing it down there with some of my production skills and some of my background as being a producer. And I put a very different group together and I felt like, you know, at right now it's exploded. Yacht Rock is everywhere. We still have to, we still have to explain it to certain people. There are people that, uh, that want to know what Yacht Rock is, but, uh, it's a very familiar, uh, it takes people back to an easier point in time, right? <laughs> There's a lot, there were a lot less stressors back in the 70s and 80s. We didn't have cell phones on our fingers and we weren't being bombarded with information. So the music is a really cool way to kind of, uh, t- it's very therapeutic. It is feel good music. What, how does this compare to other bands that you've been in? Um, it's amazing. When I get off a of stage, uh, whether we're in Vegas or we're in New York or Philly, wherever we are, People, we, we want to thank everybody for being there first and foremost. At at my age, to be able to do this again and really have this impact in a in a, an amazing kind of way, uh, we're very grateful to be able to meet everybody and talk to people. And everybody comes up and said and tells us how wonderful and how what uh, such a throwback to where they were in the seventies or in the eighties, and they're very grateful to hear this kind of music it just you know thera- therapeutic seems to be the word of the day for me and uh it really takes people back to a simpler place in time when people heard the bump i'm sure they they kind of listened with a careful ear like wait a minute is that is that lionel like you, that's part of the trick too right if, if you're going to go down this path you have to sort of make yourself sound just enough like the original artist which is cannot be easy it, it it's part of what we take a lot of pride in and Part of what I did differently than some of the other Yacht Rock bands that are touring the country, we, and with my producer background, my goal was to replicate the records as accurately as possible. So when you come to see the Docksiders play, you're going to hear a very, very accurate representation of the original songs. And you've got your wife, Erin, who really knocks it out of the park with, when you need the female vocals. I have to be honest, and I'm not saying that because I'm married to the woman, but she's the star. She is the star of the show, and she does... Uh, and a, just an, a breathtaking uh, job in the band. Uh, she she covers Olivia Newton-John like nobody else. I had the very uh, distinct pleasure of working with Olivia Newton-John, um, and I sent Olivia one of the recordings that my wife did, and she wrote back just a breathtaking note of how she had heard many people sing her songs over the years and said, my wife was very special, and it meant a lot to to me and us. What high praise! So yeah. you bring that behind the scenes presentation, not just the on stage entertainment. Uh, can we ask you about your Grammy nominations and sure. and that kind of what you bring to that? What were you nominated for? Yeah, so I engineered and co produced and mixed uh, a couple Eric Benet records. I also managed Eric Benet for about a decade. And I had a recording studio downtown Milwaukee for almost 20 years. Uh, it feels like it was a previous life ago, but um, <laughs> that's why being a performer now is such a full circle moment for me. I started when I was 13 as a performer. My career went into the the, the music production and uh, mixing and engineering side, and that's where I had success. 
Uh, so to be able to perform again is, is wicked. But my, my Grammy nominations are in, um, best male vocal R&B in 2009, uh, and R&B album of the year in 2009. And then in 2011, I was also nominated in the category, uh, with Eric, uh, for best traditional male vocal R&B. And I have to be honest, everybody says it's so wonderful to be nominated. And when you go to the Grammys as a nominee, there's a lot of magic in the air, but when they don't call your name, it is not the coolest <laughs> place to be. <laughs> want to win that thing. Boy, yes, yes. Honesty, you want to walk man. away with the hardware. That's yeah, honesty. That's, that's drama. So yeah. you got the sound down. What's the costume look like on stage? You know, a whole lot of sequins. We, we wear good. a lot of, we wear a lot of glitz right. and sequins. We're a Vegas-y yeah. sort of thing. And and um, tomorrow night, uh, tomorrow afternoon, we will be uh, donning a whole bunch of glitter and sequins and stuff. It'll See be fun. sparkle at Summerfest There'll tomorrow. be a captain's hat there. Yeah. Well, there you good. go. I like the anchor <laughs> necklace that you're wearing that is very on brand for you. You're a staple in Vegas and back home to perform at the BMO Pavilion. What's a great stage, by the way. you got to... You have yachts right behind you for what it's worth. Right, five thirty tomorrow at Summerfest. We look forward to seeing you there, Kevin Sutcher joining us. Thank you so much, Kevin. Thank you guys very much. Three forty one on WTMJ. Greg Matzik in for John Mercure, Sandy Max, Bob Brainerd along for the ride as well. On the heels of his student debt relief plan being struck down by the Supreme Court, President Biden late last week defended his policy saying he did not give borrowers false hope. Is there a plan B? The president's called the court's ruling a mistake. Ann Flaherty joins us from ABC News. Greetings, Ann. Hey, good afternoon. Is there a plan B? What's the next phase in this? Or is this thing just struck down, never to be resurfaced again? Well, he says there is a plan B, but it's a little bit more complicated than that. And I think what people need to know is that the bottom line is if you applied for this program of loan forgiveness. If you're one of the 26 million people who applied, it is now defunct. It is dead in the water. It is not going to happen. And that's because of that Supreme Court ruling. What President Biden said last week is he wants to resurrect his program, but use a different legal authority. Instead of the HEROES Act, he's going to go underpin it with the Higher Education Act. Now, uh, there's a lot of skepticism in Washington that this, too, could pass the Supreme Court with a conservative supermajority, but he's going to try. I would expect that this is going to take at least a year to get off the ground, so not immediate relief for all of those people out there. And, Anne, I saw that you tweeted uh, recently that the Education Department wants to have a July 18th virtual public meeting so the public can weigh in on student loan forgiveness. How does that factor into all this? So that's part of the regulatory process, and it kind of shows how nothing moves fast in Washington. So the first step is the Education Department put out this federal notice that says to the public, we are going to try again. We're going to form a committee. We're going to find these people who are smart on higher education and come up with ideas on how to do this in a different way. But first, we've got to hear from the public. So we are going to have that public virtual meeting. You know, I think the other thing that I should point out that he's planning to do this summer that he says he doesn't need congressional approval for, and it, he's hoping it will not go into the courts, but he's going to lower the amount that people have to pay each month uh, based on their discretionary income. So we already have a program that says, eh, you only have to pay 10% of your discretionary income each month. We're going to lower that down now to 5%. So that can actually make a big difference for people, particularly if they're lower income. Interesting stuff. Ann Flaherty, ABC News. Appreciate you joining us today, Ann. We'll check in again soon. 
Thanks so much. You bet. Dan Flaherty joining us. 344 on WTMJ. I, I need to discuss my TV viewing habits over the weekend coming up next because I had to try and explain what a hot dog eating contest was to a six-year-old. And let me tell you, that did not go over very well. And then I had my own thoughts on whatever it was that I just lent my eyes to for the portion of an hour as I was trying to find Brewers baseball. Uh, We'll have the discussion up next. I am curious, people's thoughts on competitive eating. Why is it a thing? How did it get so big? And are there any real challengers for Joey Chestnut? I have so many questions. We will try and get to the bottom uh, of them after this. It's 344 on WTMJ. All right, sometimes I have a topic in mind where I don't know where to begin my line of questioning. (laughs) Because there's just a flurry of questions? way too many things enter my mind when I see the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. From Coney Island. From Coney Island. Live and in person. Number one, there was like a two-hour rain delay yesterday, (laughs) so we we haven't figured out a way to do this indoors. Right. There's no retractable roof. Like, even Wimbledon has a retractable roof. They did in 2020. This is one of the few things that the pandemic did not stop. This still continued. You're right. They moved it indoors. Do you realize how many people converge on Coney Island? 35,000 people typically come to this event. That's almost almost as full as AmFam Field, you know, for a Cubs-Brewers game. That's how many people come to gawk. The combo platter of scents from the hot dogs. (laughs) And then behind you, right, just like the awful beach, the suntan oil. And oh, my God. So I've probably just created more questions for you, Greg. So back to you. Back to you and the the witnessing of some sort. So we we get home from a a day of swimming yesterday because it was 91. We're going to find a pool. And my daughter sit down on the couch. We're going to decompress before fireworks. And I want to turn on the Brewers game. And there I see Joey Chestnut. I mean, it's just like, what? on earth are you doing like he gets to 20 hot dogs looking strong 30 40 50 I mean, and he hits 60 and, and now i'm trying to explain what is happening to my six-year-old daughter and eight-year-old daughter who are just staring at the tv wondering why this is a thing on tv and the goal and is, i have no answer to that question yeah to eat as many of these hot dogs nathan's famous hot dogs and buns within 10 minutes and the first question out of kendall's mouth my six-year-old is this a sport well, very good question. <laughs> yeah, It's a question I pose to our fans and listeners here on WTMJ. Is competitive eating a sport? All right, handle that on the talk and text line, 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talk and text line. I don't know where you guys come down on this. It is gluttonous. It is disgusting. I can <laughs> smell Coney Island and all of the hot dogs and everything, all the gastrointestinal workings of the contestants Ew. through my television set <laughs> into my living room, and I yet cannot turn it off. <laughs> I want to turn it off. And I don't want to hear the sounds they're making as they ingest all of this. Like, I'm one of those people, if you're at dinner and somebody's going, it's like, oh, no, 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 no. So imagine yes. what, what that sounds like to be dipping and going, <gasps> well, on, mo- on, mon- right in. on Monday's show, Greg, uh, we ran the clip when he was on with... Uh, Gabe, Jen, and Chewy. Joey. Joey Joey, Joey, Yeah, where where he said if the question was, if you throw up, are you disqualified? And he said yes right away. So I think that's why you're watching. You want to see somebody get disqualified. You don't want to see the norm when the guy's just porking down the Frankfurters left and right. You want to see the upchuck when it all goes bad on national television. There are penalty cards for regurgitation and for messy eating. See? 
So now See, you're going to do it clean? I See, believe Greg? they call that a reversal of fortune. <laughs> well, what is messy eating defined as? The whole thing is a mess. Exactly. It's a nightmare. That would be a fine line for messy eating. There are no condiments involved, I, I believe. There's no room for condiments. That'd be showboating. Yes. If you're like, and watch, I'm going to put mustard on. Hot mustard. <laughs> Polish mustard. Then my daughter asked me the question, have you ever done that? Uh, no, I have not. I did once eat a six-pound cheeseburger. In the course of three hours on the afternoon show. That's a different story <laughs> for a different time. two pounds an hour. But I didn't have to rifle through it, although one might contend that six pounds in three hours is rifling through. But like speed eating, like, I, no, honey, I would never do this. It doesn't seem right. I don't think my body would like it. And then we tried to figure out in the Matzik household, why not? All right, so what, what food would spark your interest to get into an eating contest. I mean, if you're going to tell me I have to be in an eating contest, for, for the protection and safety of my family, Greg, you must participate in an eating contest. What food would it be? And I came up with chicken wings. That's all I had. Yeah, but, and that's a mess, too, right? As we all know. I, well, I guess. I, yeah. I, I immediately went to chocolate chip cookies, but I enjoy chocolate chip cookies. I would like to enjoy them again, and I'm pretty sure if I tried to harf as many as I could plow through in 10 minutes, I would never want to see another chocolate chip cookie again. There is a, an item that I have at my house right now. You know you know, veggie sticks, veggie straws? They're made from, from veggie. They're, they're like... Yeah, it's not real food, but yeah, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. They're they, light as air? Like yes. That? Okay. They, they make veggie balls now, <laughs> pizza flavored. No, 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 no. Yes. There, yes, there yes, is yes. only one true pizza flavor, and it's Palermo's. You know that. <laughs> oh. But they, sh- they should harmonize because I'm sitting there. I keep saying, take the bag away. Take the bag away. Take the bag away. They are really good, and they are as light as air, Sandy, yeah. so I can scarf a lot of them. In 10 minutes. Yes. Yeah. I think you've opened yourself up for some sort of a challenge. I'm in. So Joey Chestnut was in town a month or two ago for right. a burrito eating mm-hmm. challenge. Right. Right. And, and that looked awful to me. I saw it, and it looked terrible. <laughs> uh, not the burrito. Sloppy. Just the, the method of eating the burrito. Yeah. I've seen hard-boiled eggs. No thanks. I love pizza. I don't want to eat it that fast. I want to enjoy it. I want to, I want to savor it a yes. little bit, right? Yes. The dumping, the dunking of a hot dog bun in water just to make it go down so you can achieve a, a viscosity. <laughs> like, that's not what I want to be doing with my food. It's, so, a, it's a strategy, obviously. It is. But, but, but Joey, be honest. You, you can't be enjoying this, right? He, he, he can't enjoy so he a paycheck. But he's making money. Yeah, exactly. Like, these are the names we know. Joey Chestnut, who won again this year. If For those who are wondering, 62 is how many he ate this year. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm saying her name correctly. Mickey Sudo, M-I-K-I. Uh, she is the typical woman who wins, the regular woman who wins, and she ate 39 and a half. Impressive. So That's these incredible. are your two winners. But I would challenge you, have you ever heard of the runners-up for the men? Jeffrey Esper. 849, James Webb, 847, from Australia. Uh, in the ladies' department, uh, Mayoi Ebihara from Japan, 833 and a half, and Michelle Lesko, 824 and a quarter. What do you do if you are not Joey Chestnut or Mickey Sudo? Like, you're not winning the big money. How are you making money? Are you going around to bars, like, hustling people, like... But Fight you can't eat contract. 10 hot dogs, yeah. can you? You know, like <laughs> trying to make hustle. money on the side? Because I kind of equated to professional bowlers who, there are a whole lot of bowlers who are driving around the country hoping to make like $24,000 being the best at their sport, you know, competing like this. So if you're an, a professional eater who isn't at the top, how are you making money? And then speaking yeah. of bowling, I love this, sudden death eat-offs. So let's say somebody oh, did oh, tie Joey Chestnut, then there's... <laughs> An eat-off. I think that's hilarious. That's like a roll-off in bowling. I think that's hilarious. 
What's hilarious? But Joey Chestnut's untouchable. 62 over 49. They should see who can hold off going to the bathroom the longest. <laughs> there, there, the there, there, there's your winner, right? Break Just sit on stage. Good luck. Um, yeah, so I'm stuck somewhere between thinking, well, this is America, and we live in a capitalist society, and thinking it's everything that's wrong with America. I, I don't know. I'm somewhere in between. It's bizarre. It's a thing. And to your point, Sandy, I don't know who the other competitors are. I mean, it's like Joey Chestnut, the, the, the perennial winner, 39 years old. He took over for Kobayashi as the best in the world. And then it's like Clint from Piscataway. <laughs> well, we'll invite you down, Clint. Good luck. And he's just on stage getting free food, which is also not a bad strategy if you want to slow roll your way through. I read a Sports Illustrated article. They, they talked to the other guys, the other people, and they said they look down and they see – Hey, I'm doing pretty good. And they look up, and Joey has just rattled off 20, 30 he's, hot dogs. He's waving another yeah. plate in. He's in a totally different league. And even the competitors <laughs> know that. They do. Competitive evening. Whether you like it or not, it's here to stay. It's a 4th of July. And we did get a tradition. couple of ideas on what to plow through on the old National Bank Talk oh, and Text Line, 855-616-1620. Uh, we have uh, someone from 920 who would love to do an ice cream eating contest. And from 262, sunflower seeds, which I think would be challenging. Seeds are interesting. Ice cream, you got the headache thing to worry about. I'd be a little nervous about that. <laughs> right. you, you, you don't want to go too fast No brain that. freeze. That might, that might end it. End it all right there.